Hello everyone and welcome back to the Creepy Cryptic Podcast. I'm Clancy here with Ron. Hi everyone. And today we're going to be talking about the supposed curse that surrounded the set of the film The Exorcist. Um, so to start, have you seen The Exorcist, Ron? I definitely have. Alright, awesome. And for those unfamiliar, The Exorcist is a film from 1973 that follows a 12-year-old girl named Reagan who becomes possessed by a demon and her mother enlists the help of two priests to combat the evil that has overtaken her daughter. So to start, so I'm going to jump right into it, um, with the deaths and injuries surrounding the filming. Um, there were the deaths of nine cast and crew members either during or soon after filming, such as actors Jack McGowan, Lee J. Cobb, and Vasiliki Maliaros. Other actors died young, such as Jason Miller. Uh, there were also many deaths of family members related to the cast and crew, such as Max von Sydow's brother, um, Sidow played Father Marin, one of the main priests in the film, and he was actually landing and getting ready to go film his very first scenes when he found out that his brother in Sweden died. And uh, Linda Blair also had a family member who died during production. So there were people who died on the set as well. Um, not only that, but Jason Miller's son... Uh, was playing on the beach when he was nearly killed by a motorcycle. Um, Miller played the other younger main priest in the film, so that was super wild that they were there on vacation. Um, there was nothing really going on, then all of a sudden he almost got hit by a motorcycle on the beach. Um, Where does a motorcycle, like, how does it end up on the beach? Exactly, that's the thing. How does that <laughs> even happen? Um, so that was super weird. Um, and also a security guard and a special effects operator also died during the production, apparently. And there were also many injuries on set. Specifically, I'll talk about the actress who played Reagan's mom. Um, so she was doing a scene involving wires and wire work. And she's supposed to hit the floor. However, the technician pulled too hard on the wires and this resulted in lifelong damage to her spine. Um, and it's the scene where she's permanently injured is the one we see on film. It's the one they chose to leave in the final cut. And so her screams are real pain. Like, that's not her acting. That's real. And that's the one they chose to keep in the movie. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so that's terrible. <laughs> um and apparently Linda Blair, who played Reagan, said that her wire rigging wasn't well done at the time either and led to her developing scoliosis. Um, according to the actors, these concerns were voiced front and center to the director, who apparently did not care about their safety and made light of their injuries, going as far as to say that they weren't hurt when clearly they were. Um, so, for example, the mom... Uh, the actress who played the mom, she said she was hurt and obviously like she had injuries to her spine and he said in interviews later, the director, William Friedkin, that no, she was never injured. Um, the director, William Friedkin, is problematic in general though and I tend to believe that he was somewhat cruel um, to his actors 
because there were reports that he would slap them or even fire off guns to make them angry or agitated for a better performance, um, kind of a la Stanley Kubrick. Sounds like a, a complete and total like psychopath. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, not a very nice man at all from all of the reports. And, like, I know that during the filming of The Shining, Stanley Kubrick was known to really push his actors, and he was specifically really mean to Shelley Duvall, and this is just giving me those same vibes that he's really pushing his actors, and he's specifically really mean to, like, the woman who played the mom. Hmm. Um, So, yeah. I wonder if it's just um, kind of, not necessarily, like, a trend in filmmaking like in the 70s and 80s and stuff um i wonder if it's i don't want to say that if it was maybe a trend but maybe like i don't know it was more common practice because it feels like these types of behaviors on set aren't tolerated as much anymore yeah i feel like definitely they probably felt like they could get away with more back in the day and push people further um, than they can now, especially with the internet and how things can get out now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that definitely they can, um, they have to be held accountable more nowadays. It also feels like um, dealing with, like, especially with actors and things like that, there's more unions and things now. Um, that would step exactly. in exactly more protection in these situations versus uh, back then it probably wasn't as um, formalized or as strict um, as it is mm-hmm. now. No, absolutely for sure. And so there was also a terrible fire on set at the start of production that I'd like to talk about a little bit. Um, So they believe that it was caused by a bird flying into a circuit box. Um, Some interviews stated that this was the reason. Others were unsure. So I just wanted to put it out there that it is mysterious. Um, No one can really pin down exactly what happened. Um, But this fire delayed production by six weeks. Um, What's really weird about the fire is that there was one portion of the set that was completely untouched. And that was Reagan's bedroom. And that's that's the epicenter of demonic activity during the film. It's really strange that that was the only portion of the set that was left standing. Um, So that's really weird. I wonder wonder if it was maybe the types of materials they use? It totally could be. It could be that because the materials, for some reason, around the bedroom were more fireproof than the others. Um, But a lot of people point to this as some kind of bad omen for the start of production. Well, this isn't exactly a good thing when um, all the money that you pour into set production, which is a fair bit of a budget, you have to restart. Yeah, they had to rebuild. (laughs) Yeah, basically from scratch. Exactly. So I can't uh, talk about The Exorcist without talking about the marketing that came with it. Um, So far, it seems that the set and the filming was pretty terrifying. But when it came to marketing, the PR team 
uh, behind the film used it to their advantage. Uh, there were tales of people fainting at the screenings, throwing up, of ambulances being called because it was so terrifying and because it was cursed and it was horrific. Um, there was even one woman in the United States who passed out and broke her jaw in the fall and sued Warner Brothers, and the case was settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. Um, also, there were some people who claimed that just playing the film leaves you open to the curse, specifically if it's played on a projector. And so, yeah. It's so funny that... Um... You know, it's the same type of techniques that they use today to try to market um, horror movies. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if this one started at all, um, but I feel like it's definitely one of the big ones that um, was at the, the forefront that was leading the charge on the, this whole um, it's so scary that like you won't be able to get through it type of thing, that it's like a badge oh, of yeah. honor to get through yeah, the it, film. It, it makes me think of, um, do you remember in the early 2000s, um, the advertisings for uh, Paranormal Activity where it was like, it would cut from the film and then it would cut to like, in cinema footage of people screaming and like, covering their eyes. Oh my gosh, yes, I remember that. I remember seeing, um, it would be like night vision camera of the yeah. audience and you'd see them, yes, all screaming and their popcorn go flying. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and there was even, I was looking into it, and there was even, too, there was a screening in Italy, I believe, or somewhere in Europe, and there was a church next door to the cinema, and during the screening, the church was struck by lightning, and so that also made people freak <laughs> out. Probably it was the tallest yeah. building around, so it probably would have been struck by lightning oh, exactly. anyways but <laughs> exactly but of course because the exorcist was playing next door um they all <laughs> chalked it up to oh it's definitely satan <laughs> yeah but yeah so it's it's interesting because during the production it's like oh this is terrible but at the same time they kind of use the rumors that were surrounding it to drum up more interest um, so it's interesting how it's a double-sided coin. It's interesting, too, that it's the same type of techniques that they use now. Um, like, if a tragedy happens mm. on set, that's going to be part of the marketing. Oh, exactly. Well, it's kind of like, it makes me think of uh, the Fast and Furious movie, um, the one where Paul Walker died, and then it, the, it became what's like, oh, well, this next Fast and Furious it's, movie is Paul Walker's last role, so everybody go yeah. see it they kind yeah. of turned it into that or it also kind of makes me think of um the entire discussion about the movie the crow uh now is completely yeah. um you can't talk about that movie or mention it without talking about uh brandon lee's death on the set and mm -hmm. kind of uh that became part of even not necessarily the marketing but every time they did like press junkets about it or anything like that they would talk about it exactly it became like ingrained with it where they, they couldn't be separated even today they're not really separated I, exactly. anymore yeah and now to finish off our deep dive into the exorcist curse 
Um, we've got to finish off with some 100% certified true creepy stuff. Um, this is probably one of the most fascinating aspects of this curse and um, the dark stuff that went on around the exorcist. There was, in fact, an honest-to-God serial killer who worked on the set of the movie. Um, you really can't make this up. This guy, Paul Bateson, was a real medical technician, and the director wanted as much authenticity as possible, so they sought out actual medical professionals to act in the hospital scenes. Um, so in the movie, Reagan gets taken to the hospital for some tests and stuff, and that's how this guy wound up in the movie as an extra in the background. Um, he was only a fish. Was, Sorry. Was he an X-ray technician? Um, in the background. Um, he, he was. Um, oh, he was the head of like some kind of um, imaging department. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was. Because I remember, I remember hearing a little bit about this. Yeah, um, he was the head of a department at a hospital. And um, he was only officially charged and convicted for one murder, and it was the murder of a movie critic, um, which kind of ties in with our whole thing of the movies. Um, <laughs> apparently, he bragged while he was in jail about having killed another five or six people, but then director of The Exorcist, William Friedkin, actually visited him in jail because he said, I want to meet this guy because he was on my movie, and I can't believe I was you know working with a serial killer so he went to visit him and when he visited he admitted that he only um, talked about those other five or six murders to try and get a lighter prison sentence because they said that if he admitted to more crimes that they'd go easier on him um, but he said he didn't remember actually doing them he didn't perpetrate them um, and right now he's actually out of jail and off parole and no one knows where he is at this point so that's kind of terrifying to think about that is that is scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah but apparently this guy um he would prowl around um gay bars and go after men in the gay community and this critic was um one of his victims and he actually called a journalist and admitted to the crime. And that's a part of how they caught him. Um, but they also caught him because there was a, the corpse was dismembered and thrown in a river in a bag. And at the bottom of the bag, it had the name of the hospital that he worked at. So they tracked him down that way, too. Jeez, that's like that's like trying to rob somebody and accidentally dropping your wallet. It is. It's really like <laughs> it's basically like leaving a fingerprint or something like that. Like, I think even more so. It, it's it's very much like trading your contact information with somebody after you mugged them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, oh, I stole your car. Can I also get your uh, insurance information? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, let me just leave this with you. It's fine. <laughs> just take my card <laughs> but yeah so that was absolutely terrifying and of course no one had any idea at the time it was only seven years later after the movie came out that um he was actually caught but it's wild now he's he's the scene he's in it's a very blink and you miss it moment oh it is it is it's definitely nothing crazy he's not like he doesn't stand out um, but if you look for him, he's there and, um, he's just doing his thing in the background, pretending to do these tests. 
Yeah. So that's um, pretty wild. So what do you think, Ron? Do you think that the set of The Exorcist was cursed? I think there's a lot of interesting coincidences and a lot of um, circumstantial stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things I think people years after piece together to kind of yeah. fit more of the, that narrative. Um, but it seems like there's something something weird at least happening. Yeah, I feel like there was maybe a case of bad luck going on. Um, definitely bad luck with like injuries on set and maybe things not being like the wire rigging not being done to the best of everyone's ability. Um, like bad luck with that bird that flew into the junction box. Apparently some people say it was a pigeon. So like that gosh darn pigeon. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if it's Satan at work who's putting this all together. Um, but it's definitely interesting and it's kind of interesting to me how this kind of attracted, um, a person like the Paul Bateson, the serial killer, or well, the killer, we'll say killer because he didn't technically get charged with the other murders he talked about. Um, but it's interesting to me how he ended up on set how they could have chosen other people but it's interesting that someone like that ended up associated with this movie there's a lot associated associated with this movie that's very dark and very interesting mm -hmm. it, it makes me think um to some of the some of the things that happened on the set of uh, poltergeist as mm -hmm. well exactly similar time similar um kind of like whatever you talk about creepy movies creepy um cursed movies that, that's another one that comes to mind it, it some of the stories uh kind of feel um almost related yeah well and of course all of this the exorcist the movie it's all supposed to be based on a true story um the book was written by william peter blatty and he supposedly based it on a case of a young boy um and so of course this is all supposed to be based on a true story of a real exorcism that actually happened um and that's why it attracts so much um malevolence so much bad luck and all of that because it's has to do with a real demon supposedly hmm. but um i don't know it's it's super interesting and it's fun to talk about but I don't know if I believe that it's actually cursed. Um, but I did really enjoy researching it. Well, it's a lot of fun talking about yeah. it. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can reach us at creepycrypticpodcast at gmail.com if you want to submit some ideas for stories or give us feedback. And definitely leave us a review. Uh, we are available on all major podcast platforms. We're also on Facebook at the Creepy Cryptic Podcast. And you can find us on yes, Instagram. Please leave us a review if you can. It really helps. And um, thank you so much for listening. And uh, like I said, tune in again next episode. Bye, everyone. All right. Till next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>